Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and joining me today are Brenda Hernandez and Dora Evans to talk about National Hispanic Heritage Month. Welcome. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us. So I want to start by telling our listeners a bit more about each of you. Brenda Hernandez is co-founder and manager of community relations for Tango PR in Oklahoma City, a PR agency dedicated to creating marketing solutions relevant to today's Hispanic market. Brenda is passionate about serving the community and she is involved with the YWCA of Oklahoma City, the American Red Cross of Western Oklahoma, and Historic Capitol Hill and Fiestas de las Americas. Dora Evans is Community Connections Coordinator with Sunbeam Family Services, where she connects children and families to quality health and educational services. She's also lead of the Health Advisory Committee, comprised of more than 50 members of nonprofit and for-profit organizations across Oklahoma, including many our listeners will recognize, like Hearts for Hearing, Infant Crisis Services, Variety Care, WIC, and more. Prior to coming to Oklahoma, Dora ran the largest family resource center with LA Care in California. She's a member of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and she has two sons and three grandchildren. So for some historical perspective for our conversation today, National Hispanic Heritage Month is celebrated each year from September 15th to October 15th. And these are dates that are significant because they coincide with National Independence Days in Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Mexico, and Chile. The observation started in 1968 as Hispanic Heritage Week, then expanded to a month and was enacted into law in 1988. So I'd love to start our conversation off today with the question, what does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to each of you? Brenda, will you start? Yes, of course. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, it's a joy to be here and, and speaking about this subject that we, we love so much uh, as part of our family. Um, and well, to me, Hispanic Heritage Month, um, it's an opportunity, of course, to celebrate our rich Hispanic culture, uh, but while also sharing with our younger generations. Um, and also our larger community about our culture. It's an opportunity, a teaching opportunity for us to, to share more about what makes up that beautiful culture. Um, I also think it's an opportunity to highlight and, and showcase those positive contributions that our Latinos, uh, Latino Americans are, are making and, and what they have done uh, uh, in our country. That's great, Brenda, thank you. Dora, what about you? What does it mean to you? Hello, good morning, Erin and Brenda. Thank you for this opportunity. This is wonderful to be able to share about the reason why I'm so proud to celebrate uh, Latino Heritage Month or Hispanic Heritage Month, Month here in the United States. Um, one of the big reasons is I like to celebrate the roots that I'm from. And because I'm living away from home, I think it's important to educate people that we are here to contribute to this country. And at the same time, we feel proud of our roots. We feel proud of the 
hard work we all do here to work together to make this country better each day and contributing to the health and wellness of families and the communities that we live in. Uh, it's important for me to share the beauty of my heritage from Guatemala through sharing the foods that we eat, that we eat here too, and they're similar. And to learn how much similar we are from each other than different. Because we all love dances, we all love foods, we all love gatherings. But to, uh, to learn and understand where we come from, it's really, really important to me. And, and I'm proud of our Mayan Indians. I am proud of our culture. And the fact that I get to share that here in this country, it's, it's just uh, makes, makes things so much better. I love that, Dora. Thank you so much for sharing. So I'd love to hear some specific ways that each of you and your families will be celebrating this month. And Dora, we talked earlier about how you celebrate differently in Guatemala than you might celebrate here and, and the importance of really understanding the, the tradition and the cultures that come from each of these countries that, that we mentioned. So Dora, for you, what are some specific ways that you enjoy celebrating here and how might that differ from how people are celebrating in Guatemala? Thank you for that question. Uh, yes, uh, in Guatemala for us it's a big, big deal to celebrate the Independence Day. Um, as a matter of fact, I used to march in the parade at my high school when I was growing up in Guatemala. And I was so proud to be on the first line because I was one of the tallest girls in my class. So I got to be at the front. And um, one thing that we don't do here for the Independence Day, uh, aside from wonderful foods, gatherings, family, um, music everywhere, is we um, have firecrackers that day everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge celebration. It, it kind of sounds like the 4th of July. And uh, because it was a big deal, you know, a lot of people um, died during those uh, days uh, to become independent. And, uh, and we have, uh, like I was sharing with you earlier, we make tamales that for us tamales is different than some other cultures or countries call it here. So when I first came to this country and I, people said, do you want a tamale? And I said, oh sure, this is tamale. But when they gave me this little thing, I said, wait, that's not a tamale. A tamale is made out of rice and it's got pork inside and it's got, it's, the texture is different. And, so it's different. The flavors are different. The music and, and everything. But we are so proud to have the opportunity to be able to celebrate it here with our cultural music, our dances that we're preparing for this month. And, and I want people and invite people to attend all of the events that are going on in the community to learn more about each other's culture. And at the end of the day, we're all together in this. So it's, it's, it's a, an honor to be able to share this great culture in the United States, in Oklahoma. I love that, Dora. I love hearing about your experiences as a child. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Brenda, what about you? What are some ways that your family will be celebrating this month? 
You know, we always look forward to this time. Um, and one of the traditions that our family has, um, this has been now 16 years uh, of Fiestas de las Americas. Um, this is a street festival uh, in Parade in Capitol Hill. And we just, we love being able to celebrate with our community. Um, I think one of the things that I enjoy the most is just sharing with our children and showing them uh, to be proud of where they come from, of their heritage. Um, I love wearing the clothing, uh, traditional, you know, the embroidered shirts. Uh, I love seeing my daughter just embracing that and loving, you know, just to put those on and to be proud of who she is, you know, uh, her Mexican heritage. Uh, and I love for them to, to learn about all the different countries that are represented uh, within the Hispanic culture. And, and I just, the parade is one of our favorite. And it just, you see these kids looking up at, at these different floats that represent different countries. And you just see how proud they are and how it becomes a, a little bit more of an understanding for them of where grandpa comes from, where my parents come from. I mean, and now they're just, they want to embrace that and they want to celebrate as well. And, and so I think it's that understanding piece that they understand, oh, okay, that's why grandpa loves this, or oh, that's why he loves this music because it just really touches his heart. And they, they start relating more with their roots. Um, and so, yes, we, we look forward to it. It takes place during Heritage Month, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month in Historic Capitol Hill. And, and uh, usually about that last weekend of September, first weekend of October. Uh, this year, it's October 2nd. Um, and other than that, I, I would love to, um, one of the things that I love to do is support an organization that is supporting our Latino community. Um, they're the largest Latino organization, uh, the Latino Agency, uh, Latino Community Development Agency, and they also have their annual banquet uh, during this time, during Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, and so definitely we look forward to supporting and attending every year um, because they are providing much needed social services uh, for our community. So. Uh, besides eating and enjoying the delicious food and dancing, and uh, those are the, the other things that I enjoy. That's so great. Um, and we, you both have talked a little bit about this, but we we talked before before we started about your experiences as kids versus your kids and grandkids now experiencing this month. Um, and kind of that infusion of pride that it provides to them, and, and really a rejuvenation of pride in Latino heritage and culture that this month provides everyone. Will you each talk a little bit about those experiences, kind of comparing your childhood experiences to your kids and what that, what that means for you to see, um, to see their pride and appreciation during this month? Dora, would you start? Sure. Well, in my experience, uh, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, I my kids don't speak Spanish because, like many women who married American back in the eighties, Spanish was not the favorite or most popular language. And uh, I would hear people say, if you, "If you don't speak English, then you don't belong here." Or I cannot understand. You're gonna 
English because uh, we don't speak Spanish. In fact, I remember my teacher, my son's teacher in kindergarten told me, your son is having nutrition language issues. Yeah. We have to test him. I said, what? My son is okay. But they did, and so what they found out was that he was crossing languages. So she said, because he was only uh, Spanish speaking. So she said, either you have to uh, speak English or he's gonna be delayed. So I started talking to him in English and, um, you know, he was fine. But the beauty now is, you know, kids can be bilingual, multiple languages. So my children did not speak Spanish. They don't speak Spanish, not even my grandkids either. And I had to speak English all the time, which is not my native language. And, um, but what they do is they have really strong roots of their heritage. Both of my boys are really proud of being Guatemalan and half um, American. And um, they, their homes are inundated with items from Guatemala and they have pictures of the volcano and, and Antigua, Guatemala. And, you know, they love to hear where I'm from and what I do. And, uh, but unfortunately, because they're not in that, um, I would say that environment, uh, they appreciate learning more about it, but they're not part of the uh, community events because they don't speak the language. And so, unfortunately, that's, that's my experience. And I'm sure there are other women out there who have kids who uh, only speak Spanish English because they were, never, uh, they were never appreciated as Latinos uh, in the 70s. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, now we're, they're learning a lot about our culture because the world in general is coming more acculturated with other cultures. And I hear that Hispanics are growing immensely in the United States and pretty soon, uh, Hispanic Americans are going to be the minority and Hispanics are going to be the majority because we are, we're here. So, and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda, what about you? What is kind of that full circle experience like for you thinking back to experiences you had as a child or growing up compared to today? Well, I think it's that generational piece that I was part of that first generation of uh, Latinos that uh, grew up here in America. Um, I am a daughter of immigrant Mexican immigrants, and my experience, you know, them being that their only language was Spanish, I had no choice but to speak Spanish at home and, and just, you know, that was my, my culture and, and what I came home to every day. I spoke English at school, I spoke Spanish at home. Um, and so you're automatically, you know, your upbringing is gonna be very different than now our children, you know, we, uh, we'd like to think that, you know, we're, we're, a, little, we're a little bit more educated and, and our, our parents, they only received an elementary education. So that in itself is very different, you know, and their upbringing. Um, and, and definitely, um, I think little by little, it's offering more uh, opportunities and you know advantages to our other generations, uh, but I think as far as the culture, it 
it is a little bit difficult just to make sure that we don't lose that because of the language because they know we speak english they want to speak back to us in english and so we have to be disciplined and just continue to speak back in spanish but it's it's very very hard and i'm i'm dealing with that as well right now my my children are my daughter's 14 my daughter my son is uh, 10 and so i'm i'm trying to make sure that they don't lose that spanish uh it helps that they have grandma and grandpa nearby and they have to speak spanish to them <laughs> um but it is just a constant work with our children uh, for the second generation that they are much more uh, bilingual and much more English speakers uh, and a little more detached from their culture but it's I feel is we have to pull them back and pull them back you know our, I don't think our kids they they every time we told them we're going to this festival we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that they they weren't as excited <laughs> at first and we're gonna we're gonna put you in the parade and we're gonna do this and but i think that once they're there they really do appreciate and they start just loving that they're a part of this and they realize you know i'm always telling them you need to understand that especially with everything that's going on in our country with you know um just you know racism and a lot of these issues that are very real um, I think that it's it's good to talk to our children about race, about the beautiful part of us looking different, of us, you know, having different ways of doing things, and that it is a good thing, that it's it's not a bad thing, uh, and that we should embrace that. And so, I, for me, I, I I love to do that with my children, and just they laugh and they they think I'm I'm silly sometimes, you know, <laughs> where I tell my daughter, no you know you're you're a mexican young lady you're gonna have the thick eyebrows the thick hair um and so it, just so that you know she understands that that is a beautiful part of who she is and and that it, it, she is gonna look a little different and and that's the beauty of it absolutely i love that i love i love your intentionality um in that brenda that's really beautiful um so as you are having those conversations in your home, for our non-Hispanic families and listeners, it's important for all of us to, to do our part in, in understanding um, and, and celebrating Hispanic Latino culture that is around us. So, so what are some ways for those non-Hispanic families and listeners to appropriately respectfully celebrate and acknowledge this important month and maybe also commit to learning more about Hispanic culture. Dora, will you start? Sure. I think um, just attending uh, some of those events by uh, learning how to listen more than talking mm -hmm. and understanding where people come from and just take a moment to be, like you say, intentional, and learn more about other cultures. We have a lot going on here in Oklahoma in our communities and even in our neighborhoods. We have people from other places that if we just take the mo a moment and take the time to just talk to someone about and get curious. And, um, and not only that, but be, um, have some empathy because it's not easy for a person who is from 
whether it's uh, Hispanic or from Germany or any part of the world, to be in a foreign country. And if we all take, take a little time to understand where we all come from, I think it would be a much better world for all of us um, who live here. Absolutely, that empathy piece is certainly key. Brenda, what would you what would you add to that about how our non-Hispanic families and listeners can appropriately celebrate this month and and learn while they're at it? Yes, well, I, I invite you to come out and, and just be a part of these celebrations, as Dora mentioned, and to immerse yourself in the culture. Um, that, that really is going to be the only way that you're going to understand the community um, yeah. and, and just you know, enjoy the food, enjoy the entertainment, um, but also take time to learn about those different countries that are represented within that Hispanic culture. Um, and it starts at a very young age. I, I think I, I love, I personally love when children are, are exposed to these experiences and these different cultures at a very young age because they start just seeing that the world is you know, a lot larger than they thought so, you know, than, than they saw in their home and that there's different ways of, of, of thinking and, and there's different ways that we, we look differently. And, and, but again, that this is something that we should celebrate and that we have a lot more in common than we have different. Absolutely. Um, kind of going along those same lines as, as a community, specifically in our schools, but also just in our families, how do we do a better job collectively of incorporating Latino culture, history, modern day heroes into our everyday lives? Dora, what advice would you give? Well, we're, we're doing that already, um, actually, because, uh, for example, my granddaughter, I have two granddaughters, but the oldest, uh, the little one is still in first grade, but she invites her friends over so um, they can see, you know, what we eat for different, um, you know, holidays. I always bring my black beans and rice and, and they love it. I mean, they're like, what is this? Oh, I, I never had this before. And my granddaughter goes, well, this is so good. My grandma made it and it's so good. So, I mean, after that, they ask, her friends ask her, ask her, when is your grandma going to make black beans again? You know? <laughs> um, so we're trying to really, uh, as a family, to, you know, to learn more about other cultures uh, through their friends, I think, through school, through attending the community events, uh, as Brenda was mentioning. You know, that's the only way you're really going to learn and understand and enjoy, you know, learning and meeting. Uh, people that are from other countries and, and just, uh, you know, appreciating and being thankful that you are expanding your circle of friends. Um, and you know, we like to travel to different countries too to learn. I mean, we've been to Costa Rica and you know how different they, the foods are and how the accents are in Spanish, uh, what they do. They're in, you know, different celebrations that are sometimes different than ours. I've been to Mexico too, El Salvador. El Salvador is next door from Guatemala and they talk differently, completely. And certain words mean different things. So understanding that, yes, we speak the same language, 
but not all the words that we say are meaning the same thing. I might be insulting you by saying, can I have more yuca? Well, what do you mean? You know, yuca is that root that you eat. And so when you learn about a culture, you learn the different rules, you learn the different appropriate ways of talking to people, instead of just throwing it out there and, and, and shocking someone. Um, so it's, there's not many ways you can, we can learn about each other. I totally agree with you that food is always a great place to start. I know with my kids, going to festivals and trying food from other cultures is always a win. And then it piques their interest <laughs> and they want to learn more. So I love that. <laughs> Brenda, what about you? What are some ways that we as a community can do a better job of incorporating Latino culture and history into our everyday lives? Well, I think it, it definitely is very important for us to share some of those stories of our Latinos uh, with our children. Um, they need to learn a little bit of our history and we need a little bit more of positive role models and examples for our children. I think a, a lot of times, unfortunately, we hear a lot of the negative and we don't hear all those success stories, all of those great people that are making a difference, whether it's here locally uh, in Oklahoma City, in our country, you know, people that have served for our country. I mean, we have so many great role models and, and, and people that are part of our Latino culture that we just don't even know about. You know, um, we just opened a new park in South Oklahoma City, the Manuel Perez Park, and it was just incredible to see that not many people knew of his story and his service to our country. And, and just more of those stories need to be told, uh, especially to our young children that, you know, in our Oklahoma City public schools, I mean, the largest percentage, more than 50% is Latino. Uh, I definitely think that they and their peers, their non-Latino peers, they need to see more of those positive role models so that they can be empowered to do good things and, and know that they're very much capable of doing these great things. Yeah, that's such, that's such a great point, Brenda. Thank you for that. Um, I know each of you are committed to promoting diversity in the workplace. Will you each share about those efforts and how that really makes a positive impact on our entire community? Dora, would you start? Sure. Yes. Um, first, uh, I am a member of the, we have a, a DEI uh, B at work, which is the diversity, inclusion, um, equity, and belonging. And we added the B uh, for belonging because when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, there's a piece that we need to feel belong in wherever we are at work, uh, out in the community, or any place we go to. So we have a group. Uh, I'm a member of that committee where we uh, do monthly trainings. We invite different speakers to come and talk about different subjects, such as uh, you know, um, working with a co-worker who has special needs, the LGBTQ, uh, understanding more about that. Um, how do we talk to each other? How do we learn from each other? 
And uh, we also send out emails to staff uh, on a monthly basis about different celebrations. Like for example, this month will be the Hispanic Heritage and learning more about um, what that means for the Hispanics and the teachers in the schools. Also, we have uh, 60 schools in the uh, metro area coming from birth to three. And uh, babies learn different colors, different textures, different pictures of different cultures. And we try to um, start very young to teach them those differences between what you know Hispanics are and how do we blend together and learn how to accept each other. It's okay. Of course, with babies and infants and toddlers, they don't see color, they don't see religion, they don't see height and, and weight or nothing. They're kids. And we want them to continue to be that way because we are all humans. So we have uh, that group that is very strong in our um, Thumbing culture. And we're starting to be really intentional on being more um have more empathy with people and and accept others the way they are and learn how to work with each other and and you know enjoy the everyday life um so that's what we're doing at Sunbeam and also you know at home I bring all that information at home and talk about it with my children talk about it with my my spouse and so it's it, it is around the world. I, I hear that in all the organizations that, I, that I'm working with. They all talk about diversity right now and how can we become more uh, the same and different and just acceptable from, you know, for who they are. That's really powerful, Dora. Thank you for sharing that. Brenda, what about you? Um, how are you seeing that commitment to diversity in the workplace making an impact? Well, I definitely think that representation matters. Um, when you bring a diverse group of people together with different ways of thinking, different lived experiences to the table uh, to represent those that you serve, and uh, perhaps they also look like them uh, and are able to communicate with them in their language, um, I think that you begin to see things in a very different perspective. Um, you understand those that you serve at a whole different level and you know i i think it, it really does make that difference not only for those that you serve but also in the workplace you know just having that diverse group of people within the organization it just really gives so much more value not only to the community but to the company itself it makes it stronger it, it, i think that you know, having those different perspectives will will definitely um, give the organization a lot more of a uh, gosh uh, advantage when serving the community that they serve. Uh, when they can really understand and have a different point of view uh, than than maybe what what they originally had. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Brenda. Thank you both so much for your time today and all the wisdom you have shared with us. For our listeners, you can head to metrofamilymagazine.com for our list of local events happening between September 15th and October 15th to celebrate 
National Hispanic Heritage Month. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.